We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Happy weekend, happy Saturday. I am Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel. No Paul Brettel. Paul is, I, I, I'm going to assume Paul is Wisconsining, which whatever that means for this weekend. So, Mark, happy weekend. Okay. Same to you, Jason. I think Paul just needs a break. That guy writes like 100 stories a week. Yeah, he's, he, Paul is Dairyland <laughs> Express. Like, I jump in once in a while, and I mean, we're talking like, you know, very minimally, the you know life is just kind of what it is right now, but yeah, Paul is very busy over at Dairyland Express. He does great work. If if uh, if you haven't been over there, and and while we're on the subject, before we get get kicking, maybe we go in reverse order this week, Mark. So over at Packer Report, you've been doing this cool series on the top Packers of all time by jersey number. Where are we at in that list? Uh, the fifties just ran uh, on Thursday, uh, and the, so the sixties will be coming up next Thursday. And the burning question everybody is going to want to know in the 50s, of course, is, is Kyler Fackrell number 51? Uh, let me think about that. No. <laughs> I forget who it was. I'm, 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 you know, I've always been bad with numbers. I mean, I don't know why. I, I mean, the obvious ones I know. But, I mean, like, even covered the Eagles all those years, I, 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 I just, for some reason, I don't know why. Um, and I'm good with numbers, like, in math and stuff. But I, I, I never remembered. Like the average guy's numbers. I knew Donovan McDavid was number five, obviously, and you know Troy Vincent was twenty three. Brian Dawkins was twenty. But like, 
certain guys, I just, you know, I don't know. I just never, I'm so, and, and I'm just, so obviously I'm, I'm the same with the Packers. So like, I really had to look everything up and, and do my homework and, and all that. I can tell you that 52 was Clay Matthews. Right. I think you kind of hinted at that. I think you hinted at that last week. I mean, you know, it, that's it's a fun exercise because you go back through and you're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that guy. Or then, oh, or, then yeah. or then, like, what about what about a situation where, I, obviously, this this isn't a, a great example in its in itself. But like, all right, let's say you're at fifty, right, and you're like, okay, you got AJ Hawk, right. and yeah. then you're like, oh, that's right. There's that one season of Hardy Nickerson was with the Packers. Now, obviously, Hardy Nickerson is not going to be your choice, right? But just stuff like that, you know, where you have to make a kind of make a, a decision. So, oh yeah, oh there's been some tough ones. There's been some very very difficult. Now, some are some are like Clay Matthews was very obvious and easy. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Bart Starr. I mean, they're they're they doesn't matter who else wore number four, who else wore number twelve. Um, but no, there are some that, and they play the same position. So you really got to look, and then you can compare that. That makes it a little easier when they're both wide receivers, or they're both linebackers, or they're both you know corners. You, you have a little but. But the different errors sometimes play a factor in it too, and right. I kind of went for success a lot of times. Like um, I'll put a Lombardi player sometimes ahead of a guy that played in the seventies, you know, late, you know, or even eighties, you know, because hey, he was a part of four world t- titles or five world titles. I mean, that's that gets him a little bonus, you know. Sure. In in my mind, you know. Yeah. Um, but there are there have been some, some some difficult. But here's what I found so far, and I'm I don't want to give anything away. But so I did the you know one through nine, and then ten through nineteen, twenty. So I've done six stories so far. There's been at least one Hall of Famer in each group. Wow, that's good. Pretty impressed. That's, that tells you something about the Packers, right? I mean, you know, at least one. A couple had two and three. Right. Well, and. They've been around for a hundred years, so you would hope that a, 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 you know, as a fan of the franchise, I want that to be true because I want the legacy and the history of. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, whether you agree with it or not, I think belong in the conver- same conversation as great franchises in history, like the Yankees and the Celtics yeah. and the Lakers. And I agree. Stuff and the like Canadians. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Oh no! I mean, they they have the most world titles. So right. you know. Yeah, if you're if you have the most, you got to be talked about as. And they, you know they had the, they had their dark days. They had the dark days between Lombardi and and Holmgren. That lasted longer than it probably should have. Um, but you know, since since Holmgren, I mean, it's been the Packers fans have been kind of spoiled. I mean, I know they, they've only won two Super Bowls, but they've been pretty good year in and year out from from ninety what ninety one Holmgren came in. So from ninety one to twenty twenty, there's only been a few hiccups along the way. Yeah. Yep. Well, and we're going to talk. Of them, and, and the few have usually came with because like the quarterback got got hurt or something. You know. No, we've been through that enough. I mean, I, you and I at least have a lot of examples of that. Even before, well, Favre didn't miss any games, even though he did get hurt. Yeah. But even before that, there was issues. You know, the Mikowski days and Lynn Dickey had injury problems. In fact, if the story on Lynn Dickey is, is he, you know, he's probably a Hall of Famer if he doesn't have yep. issues with health. No, uh, he was, he was, he was so good. he was good and he was tough. God, he got beat up. I like Lynn. I mean, I to me the bad error wasn't Lynn Dickey. The bad error was the Scott Hunter, Gary Taggy, you know, um, John Hadle when they traded the, the oh my God, the worst trade in NFL history mm. maybe. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> 
Well, and, um, and, and that's – see, that's the other side of history that, that I don't want to be on, and it's kind of a good segue <laughs> right. into what we're going to talk about today. Yes, we are. That, that's a well, point. that the, the segue was just – and you could also argue the Packers might have made one of the worst draft choices in, in uh, revisionist mm-hmm. history, was, which is mm-hmm. Tony Madridge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was. It, I mean, it, it will go down as one of the – especially when you look at the four players picked right around him. You know, like Aikman went one, he went two. Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, and Derek Thomas were the next, you know I mean? So you have, like, all Hall of Famers and Tony Mandridge. But guess what? I covered that, that draft. Not, I didn't cover the Packers, I was covering it, but I was covering the, the draft. Some people were ripping the Cowboys for not taking Mandridge one instead of Aikman. Right. That's so yeah, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. There's a lot of examples through history of, of you know, oh, you made the wrong choice, and no, they didn't. And then, and look at the bear, the Bears with Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I mean that's the same position. So that makes it even worse. But yeah, I mean the Packers thinking, and and and, and I guarantee you, if the, if the Lions had the second pick, they would have taken Mandrick, not Sanders. Yeah. If if the um, if the Chiefs had it, they would have taken Mandrick instead of Derek Thomas. Sure. I mean, it is that he was the he was the one or two pick. I mean, to get a you know what was supposed to be a franchise one of the best left tackles ever, that's more important than a running back or a or a cornerback. It really you know it really was. And, well, and it, it turned out they had these these things called steroids became illegal. Right. And well, Tony wasn't the same player again. Well, and what have I said several times about the important thing you need to know about a player in addition to what they can do on the field? What's between their ears? And I think Tony Mandrich now, when you go back and you listen to him, and he he knows he was a meathead, and and I you know I think that's that's kind of what he was. So that's that's the and you're making decisions in real time when it comes to the draft. We talked about that this past this past couple months when when the Packers took Jordan Love. You're making decisions in real time, and if you don't think that it is not a huge deal when your job depends on the decisions that you're making, and sometimes you have to completely reinvent your decision in a 10-minute period of time, and that's going to determine the fate of your career. There's a lot of oh, pressure, a lot yeah, of, lot oh, of exactly, a lot of pressure oh, on, these, on these GMs. Yeah, it's you, real easy for us as right you now as a writer covering it or a fan sitting home watching it. To make decisions, you know, oh, we, they should have done this. Hey, why didn't they do this? But we're not. The gun isn't our head, and our job isn't on the line, right? You know. Um, but getting back to, to that draft too, I mean, I remember the last game. I remember the last game of the '88 season against the I'm Cardinals. Against the Cardinals. Well, the Eagles played the Cowboys. Oh, Pack, that's right. Okay. okay. I'm in Dallas covering. The, I, I'm, I'm writing my story about the Eagles winning the NFC East for the first time in whatever many years because they beat the Cowboys to win, to, to win a division. But the game on in, the game on TV in the old Texas Stadium press box is a Cardinal-Packer game, the 4 o'clock game. And the Cowboy people, like right behind me in the press box is um, the former Cowboy general manager, at the, uh, Tex Schramm, and a couple of his assistants and stuff. And they're all watching the game. And they're cheering like crazy for the Packers because that gave them the first pick. If the, if the Packers lose that game to the Cardinals, Packers get the first pick. And maybe they and maybe they take Aikman. And if they take Aikman, guess what? Brett Favre spends his career in, in Atlanta probably or somewhere else but not Green Bay. Right. So the whole world would have been different. Totally. Totally different. Anyway. In fact, in fact, I, and I remember 
watching the end of that game because I was in I was living in Wisconsin at the time and I was at a a, a local spot in the Mequon locale and I remember I think if I'm not mistaken I think I think the Packers didn't they have to make a field goal at the end of the game to win that and otherwise they would have so. otherwise other, I thought was it a close game I thought they won I thought they won pretty handily uh, they might have yeah and of course that Mikowski had a really good good game and the, and the story was yeah he didn't want them to take Aikman he wanted to keep his job right. Well, they made and they made the right choice, obviously, at the time because you assume Mandrich is is going to work out. Yeah. But if they don't win that game, they only win three, and chances that then they're you know I, they get the first pick, and they yeah. probably take Aikman. Oof, yeah, so many and things. Aikman was at Aikman was actually at that game. And does Troy Aikman do with Lindy and Fonte the same thing that he did? I mean, and remember, everyone has to remember something. The uh, the Cowboys were trash. In 1989, they were not good, and oh, then yeah. and then Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson came in and he brought all of his college, you know, the 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 ranking systems and his scouting and all that kind of stuff, and then the, and then the Vikings handed the Cowboys the 90s, which of course, if you can't beat us by with your own 52 man roster, go ahead and make another team better and let them beat us, right? <laughs> so, but uh, all right, well. The topic of the day today, I, this is why I always love doing this, because we always get into these fun, you know, and, and you and I also have a longer history with the Packers and a lot of the other guys and gals that are on the shows, but, so we're going we're gonna to go through Mark's and my favorite Packers games, favorite plays, and favorite players. We're going to do a couple each, and neither of us knows what the other's answers are, so this will be fun for us. And again, keep in mind, we're talking our favorite, not our the favorite. best. Right, not the best, favorite, right. So, right. It's very, very favorite. Yeah. This is a guy that is. Don't tell me I'm wrong because there's no wrong. Right. It's my right. favorite. Right. And there's other there's other reasons why. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, so I've got a a favorite could be for a lot for a million reasons. Right. Well, I've got a list of a couple of of different options, but I want to. I'll let you. I'll let you start off. So let's start off with. Let's start off with favorite game. And we'll go with your we'll go with your top choice. What's what is your process for determining what that is? Well. I just thought about what game, you know, still stands out in, in my mind. And um, obviously, obviously, any of the four Super Bowl wins should be all Packer fans on your list because it's the ultimate game, right? I mean, it's the game that um, that's what you play for to win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, they're, they're among my favorites. One, you know, beating the Chiefs, beating the Raiders. I was, I was very, very – after the Chiefs game, I don't even remember that well. The Raiders game, I kind of do a little bit because that, that's um, – that's what I really first start watching. It was actually the first, and, and this game's on my list because it's the first game. It was almost going to be my my favorite, but I was too young. But it's the first the first football game that I remember watching. Like not just a couple plays here and there of, but like the whole game with my father and my uncle, my brothers was the ice bowl. I was only six years old, I think, but I remember watching that game, and I remember like my uncle, and my father, and everybody saying, you know how. My God, it's like it's it's whatever b- below, and it's so cold. Look at this game, Lombardi and Landry, and blah blah blah. And my uncle kept saying, Land- "Landry never beats Lombardi. Landry can't beat Lombardi. They were friends back in New York." And because my my uncle actually knew Lombardi, they were friends somehow from North Jersey. Um, and L- Landry will never beat Lombardi. Landry will never beat Lombardi. And then came down to the last play, you know. But so that that's on my, that's very high on my list. That might be number two. But my favorite game, and this is going to throw people off because it wasn't even a playoff. Of all the great playoff games the Packers were in and all the big wins, but my favorite game, and I I watched it not too long ago again, was the, the Monday night game against the Redskins 
1983. yeah, that's a good it one. It was just an unbelievable game. And to watch it again, like by today's standards, it's still it's an unbelievable, unbelievable game. 45, what was it? Final score was what, 45-44? Um, I hope I got that right. 47-45, whatever it was. Um, but it was just an incredible, incredible game. Lynn, you talk about Lynn, Lynn Dickey. He was incredible that, that night. I mean, neither. I mean, if you like defense, it wasn't a great game, I guess. But, um, but it came. It came down to the Redskins missed. A, Mark Mosley was a great kicker. Missed a field goal at the end of the game that would have given the, the Redskins a one point win. Um, you know, Paul Coffman had a big game. Lofton and Jefferson. Uh, that was that point of minute offense the Packers had back then, where that that offense was just unbelievable. Unfortunately, the defense was. Wasn't very good, and that's why they went eight and eight that that year. But the Redskins went on. To, the Redskins got to the Super Bowl that that year. They didn't lose another game after the Packers beat them that Monday night. They didn't lose another game until they lost Super Bowl. So that was a pretty good team that that they beat that night. But I, I remember that game. I, I remember watching that guy. I can tell you where I was. I was at a bar called the Yardville Hotel. Um, that's where I used to go to watch Monday Night Football because they they put out a nice little halftime spread. Um, and it was just—it's—it's uh, it's my favorite game. I, it, it always will. I mean, like I said, it, it certainly wasn't the most important game or any of that, but it was just such a fun game to watch and, and the ups and downs that you thought they, you know they're going to win. Oh, now they're going to lose. Oh, they're, oh, they took the lead again. Oh, now here comes the rest. Oh, Mosley's going to beat them. Oh, he didn't. So it was just—it was that—that's my favorite. That's an awesome answer. I, I didn't—I don't remember watching that because I had just moved to Wisconsin as a youngster. When you that were game, eighty three, you you were pretty young. Yeah, yeah, I was seven. Yeah, so I was. I'm the same age my son is right now. So yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't get into watching the Packers until a couple of years after I moved out to the Wisconsin locale. And I came from Illinois, but I, I wasn't a Bears fan. I didn't follow football. I, didn't, I wasn't into. I was a. I was a baseball. I was a baseball kid. Okay. And so football didn't. Football didn't really come into my life in a in a big way until I was almost done with high school. But. Yeah, that that one's that one's historic. That one kind of reminds me of um, it ended in a different way, but that playoff game between the Packers and Cardinals, where there was just no defense. Like it was just like, every time, every time the other team had the ball, they scored. There was a ton of points. I I wrote about that game last year uh, for Packer re, re, report on my my Throwback Thursday stories, and there's some interesting things about that game. The Cardinal game. Mark Murphy was the safety for the Redskins in that game. Uh, oh, in '83, yes, yeah, yep. Packer current Packer president mm-hmm. was on the Redskins that, and he he made one he made one he made a good play on one, but he also Kaufman beat him a couple times for some for some big plays too. Sure. Um, and OJ was the was doing the Monday night games at the time. Yeah, so many different things back that's then. Interesting. Yeah, that's, so it was, uh, it was um, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Well, that's my, my favorite. Oh, I mean. Have, have you ever watched it? Like from, you um, know, there, I haven't watched the whole thing from start to finish. No, I haven't. Go on YouTube. Go on YouTube and look it up. I mean, if you can watch it in like a half hour on on, on YouTube, because obviously they they cut out the commercials, they 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 cut out the huddle. I mean, it's just play after play after play. It's worth it. It's it's worth a half hour of your time to watch that game. Right. Yeah, it's one of the good ones in history. Unfortunately, we've. You know, one of the one of the silver linings of all of this that's been going on with no sports on TV is we've gotten a chance to rewatch some of the classic games on TV. Like I was at a, I was at a bar or I was at a restaurant last week, and socially distanced, of course. And my brother and I were were just catching up. We had you know it's been a while since we we gotten together, and all of a sudden he looks over over my shoulder and he's looking at something. I'm like, what are you looking at? And he goes, the uh, there's a there's a Packer game on 
and it looks like they're playing the Cowboys, and they were replaying the 2016 divisional playoff game with Rodgers to cook. Right. And so we both got up and walked over there, and we spent the next, like, 45 minutes just standing there watching the game as if it was on for the first time. Like, it was (laughs) – it's fun to do that. It's fun to rewatch some of that stuff. You know, I mean, I I have a hard time watching some of the old stuff now because I'm starting to get – my nostalgia's kicking in. I don't know if it's me, like me getting a little bit older or whatever, but it's hard for me to watch like Rogers with Jennings and Nelson and Donald Driver, and and I just I I miss that. I miss I, I just miss really? that. It's different now. I just those guys were so good. That was such a good oh, yeah. team. It was such a good well, team. I, I mean, but it's funny, like you say. I I'll want like I'm I'm like you if if I'm out or even if I'm clicking if I'm flick flicking around the TV. And that game comes on, the, the Packer-Cowboy game. I'll watch that. Or if, um, you know, any of the Super Bowls come on to the Packers, I'll watch it. Sure. But I won't watch a loss. Yeah. No, no, I don't either. Right? Now, no, everyone's no, like, oh, I'm that was such a – oh, they lost, but it was such a good game. Like, you know, I'll, I'll no, watch no, it again. I'm, I'm like, no. like, like a couple of a couple of my Twitter colleagues, I'll, I'll call them, and actually, you know, same for you too, Zach Jacobson comes to mind. Okay, because okay. he, for some reason, has watched rewatched the 2014 NFC Championship game many, many times, just by his own choosing. And I'm like, I have not, I haven't even watched a single highlight. Like, if that game is on, or if there's something on the screen from that game, I will look down, right, left. I will look away from the TV. I will never watch that game again in my entire I mean, life. No, I won't, I won't watch the kickoff of it. No, no never, that. never. I'm not watching the Eagle game. The, the fourth. Everybody calls it fourth and 26. I call it fourth and one. No. I won't watch that game. No, uh, no. I won't watch the overtime mm. loss to the Giants. Nope. Oh, God. No, that was awful. That was awful. Because you spent three and a half hours putting all your hopes and dreams into watching a game, and it's all burned into your memory, and then it all comes down to to this awful, awful decision by Favre. That was another thing, too, is for as much good as Favre brought to the to the table, you got the overtime you got overtime against the Eagles after yep. after the Eagles tied it and forced overtime. That his trying to throw to Javon Walk like really? Like that the the interception when he's trying to find driver, then he does the same thing in a Vikings uniform. He throws this stupid yep. pick over the middle of the field. I didn't mind that one. Well, that no, of course, but it's just you know, it's just those were those are the kind of things that just absolutely that absolutely kill me. And you might you might hear me bring that up again a little bit later on when we talk about um, plays. plays or players. You never know. Okay. So for so me, we, 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 we just talked about our three worst games. So now yeah. tell me your your favorite, favorite game. game. All right, so I have uh, I have a couple here. That I that I've got on the list, and I'm going to add one on the fly. The one I'm going to add on the fly is the Monday Nighter at Oakland in 2003. Oh yeah, um, okay. for his father. A lot of reasons, obviously. Uh, I won't call that one my favorite because I've been fortunate to attend a lot of Packers games, and so for me it was you know it's hard for me not to pick a game I was at. So, uh, but there's a couple that that I wasn't at in here. So if you want to go in chronological order, uh, the first special game for me that I experienced as a Packers fan that I actually watched live start to finish, so yours was the Skins game. Mine was, this is not the first game I ever watched, but the most the special first game was the reversal in 1989 when they finally beat the Bears. Oh, okay. okay. And they had that, you know, 
the Mikowski to Sharp and the, you know, will it, won't it, the drama back and forth. I'd never seen the Packers beat the Bears at that point. There were a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons why. And another thing that people don't remember is they had also another really big win that season on the road against the champion San Francisco 49ers. They beat the Niners in San Francisco in 1989. That was the Niners coming off their back-to-back. So they had just won it in 88, and they were going to win it again in 89, and the Packers beat them in their, in their house in 89. And they can't do that now, huh? Yeah, yeah. It, it, things are they 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 only win in Dallas. They don't lose in Dallas anymore, and they can't they can't beat the 49ers, which is the complete opposite of what we remember from twenty years Real ago. Up, yeah, right? So I had to, and actually to that extent, I, another another game that I had on my list of possibilities was the divisional win uh, after the '95 season in San Francisco because the Packers surprised oh, the hell out of the Niners there. I mean, they yep. they just they got out to a hot start and they had a couple of turnovers that uh, you know they caused a fumble. They they punch it in. And then um, they had, uh, let's see, there was, I think there was two turnovers. I think they had two, they had two turnovers because um, then they had the fumble return for a touchdown. Newsom returned for a touchdown. And suddenly yeah. they're up 21 nothing. It's like, oh, that's going to be tough for San Fran to come back from, as we saw. So I had that listed. I had that one listed, too. I, had to put, I, I didn't do any of the Super Bowls because that's too easy. It's too low-hanging right. fruit. Right. Yeah. But Obviously, the, they're, they're among your favorites because they're Super Bowls. Well, to get to the first time that I, because I didn't watch the first two Super Bowls because I wasn't around yet. Right. <laughs> so my first Super Bowl was 96. So the NFC Championship right. game against Carolina was very special. And then, and then you get in, then you start getting into the, probably the two top games that I attended. Uh, one of which was when the Packers faced the Vikings with Favre at quarterback in 2010 at Lambeau Field on Sunday night. Okay. I was, I was at that game. And, it was a, it was, and I was, so I, I was living in Phoenix and I traveled up and spent some time in Chicago visiting with family and then made my way up to Wisconsin. And at that point, I was only getting to a Packers game once every four or five years in Green Bay. So for me to get up there was really special. And I was as nervous for a game. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever been as nervous for a game that I was going to as, as that one, because I just so badly wanted it to, to, I wanted them to win. I wanted them to beat the Vikings and finally beat Favre because Favre shut them out the, the year prior. They swept right. the Vikings, swept the Packers. And then they had that nearly Super Bowl run. Uh, so that was, and that was a fun game because Finally, we picked off Farb. A.J. Hawk had an interception. Des Bishop has a pick six in that game. Nick Collins had an interception in that game. Aaron Rodgers threw a dumb one to Jared Allen, too. Um, you know, Moss is back with the Packers. So I get to see Randy Moss in a, in a or with the Vikings. I get to see Randy Moss in a, um, in a Vikings uniform. Should have been with the Packers. But, uh, and uh, and there, was, there was some controversy there. I think there was a touchdown. The, the Vikings got waved off. They said that Shanko didn't catch, but I think he did. And that might have changed the outcome of the game, but I don't care. Uh, but here's what I'm going to go with, because I was in the house for oh. this one. I'm going Packers over the Patriots in 2014 at Lambeau Field. I was there. And that was a season we knew that the 2014 team was really good. They beat, they, they curb stomped the Panthers. They curb stomped the Eagles. Um, I assume you were at that game. Yes. They, they, I mean, they just boat raced the Eagles. They, they dominated the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, Peppers' first season, they had that big Thursday night win over the Vikings. I mean, they were on their way. 
and beating the Patriots that season because New England was kind of reestablishing their, you know, themselves in in getting back to Super Bowls because it had been a while since they'd won a Super Bowl, right? The last the last time they'd won prior to they're gonna they're gonna end up winning it that season because Seattle screwed themselves out of out of it, but the last time that the Patriots won won a Super Bowl, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was following the 2004 season. So it had been a while, but the Patriots were still really good. But that victory solidified like, hey, if the Packers can just get there, they can win the whole damn thing again in 2014. And they should they well they should have, and we all know how that season ended. But that was it was a mat it was a fun game, and I think about it, and actually that was the first time in probably five or six trips to Lambeau Field that I ever saw the sun out on a game day. All all the other game days, all the other games I've been to were either cloudy, snowing, raining, or uh, the Sunday night it was a night game. Yeah. So that was the first time I saw the sun at all, which was barely at all. Richard Rodgers catches his first touchdown, which was a nice floater from from Favre. Um, Jordy Nelson had that beautiful slant he beats Revis on. And he takes it to the house, and then at the end of the game, they the Packers need a you know they need a clutch defensive play, and Mike Neal and Mike Daniels combined to sack Brady for the first time in the game, and it was kind of that moment where you knew that that you knew that things were going to go well. And in fact, I think after that sack was when Goskowski missed a field goal. Like all the weird things happened, but it was just so cool to see the Packers beat Bill Belichick and see it in person. Oh, sure. I, that was a noon game? Uh, a noon game they, was they, uh, it was a 3 o'clock. It was a late afternoon oh, game. Okay. Late afternoon game. So, yeah, that was that was a fun that was a fun weekend. And, and I think the, the guys that were signing autographs that weekend in the team shop was uh, Craig Hentrick and Don Beebe. So I got a chance to meet two guys from the 96 team that won the Super Bowl. And it was, it was funny because a lot of the people going through that were wanting Beebe to sign, they all had like mini Bills helmets. <laughs> and they wanted them to sign their Bills helmet. I'm like, I didn't realize there were so many Bills fans in Wisconsin. So, yeah, really? But uh, I'm going with that one as my favorite. And I'll, I'll be um, honest, had I, had I not been there for it, I don't think that one's my favorite. I think I would have picked a, a different one. But that that was the favorite game that I that I attended, uh, which was amazing. I mean, I I was at. Um, I mean, I watched the the win over the Seahawks in 2016. I was at the game that where they beat the Vikings in 2016. Um, I'm trying to think of some other special ones. The walk-off win against the Niners in 2018, but that season ended so poorly that I have a hard time putting that one up there. You know, and the, and the Niners were terrible. That they weren't good that year yet, and they had a third. Beth, I think Beathard was their quarterback. They shouldn't have had to walk it off at the end. But I've been to some fun ones. I've been to some fun games for sure. So that was my favorite game. Now we go to. Or were there? Did you have any others? Did you have? Did you have like a? Did you have like a runner-up, Mark? Well, yeah. I, like I said, probably. I mean, other than the four Super Bowls, some of the ones you mentioned too, like the that went over San Francisco. That that's very highly high on my list. Um, I'm going to say another one very high on my list was uh, not too long ago when Rogers came back and and beat the you know the, t- the touchdown pass uh-huh. to Cobb. Yep. Uh, with hardly any, with no, you know seconds to go to beat the Bears to get in the playoffs. Yep. Um, that's that's very high on my list, just because of the whole thing. You know, Rodgers being hurt, comes back. Um, they need to win. They do. Um, 
the other one, another win over the Bears, what that they had to win that game to get in the playoffs in 2010, last game of the year. Yep. Uh, they had to beat the Bears just to make the playoffs, and then they wind up going to the Super Bowl. Um, and that so that game and that, and that, and that game was probably. well that game wasn't it like ten seven there was hardly any yes. scoring. Yep. This so is it's the one that I like, which is not surprising because Jay Cutler is terrible. But and of course it's fitting that Nick Collins seals the seals the win with a pick because Collins throws ten feet over Devin Hester's head, <laughs> or or Cutler Cutler throws ten feet over over Hester's head and but um, yeah I, I I remember that one there was. Um, there, there have been a lot. There have been a lot of really good ones. Oh yeah, I, I could do a hundred. I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That's I mean, not, you know, the 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 win over the Falcons in the divisional round of, oh, of 2010, right. finally beating Philly in their house because I never saw them win in Philly the week before well, that in the wild card round. They hadn't won in Philly. Yeah, since the '50s or something, or, or maybe before that. I don't know. It's just been right. been a long yeah, time. Yeah. Been a, been a really long time. Well, some of these spoiler alert. Some of these uh, games you might hear referenced again when we get into plays, favorite plays. favorite yeah favorite plays. Because now I only counted games and plays that I actually watched and saw in real time, and I okay. I'm holding myself accountable if I. Got nervous and walked out of the room, <laughs> or I—I I was so known. Them, huh? I was you one of those back in the, the day. Room, yes, I was one of those back in the day. I was known to leave a room, or I would even leave, like I'd leave a bar early when it looked bleak. And so, if that happened, I excluded it from like favorite plays or favorite games, um, because I just had this sixth sense of like, okay, that's that's it. It's not gonna. And there was a couple times when it bit me in the butt. And the two biggest ones I can think of off the top, the three that I can think of off the top of my head was uh, opening game 1999 against the Raiders, when when Favre throws the touchdown to Jeff Thomason, and then he, Favre breaks down in his post game conference because he was just so taxed. Um, and they they beat the Raiders opening week. The other one was the. Um, Monday nighter overtime against Denver, Favre to Jennings. Yep. We didn't watch that. And I also <laughs> left early in 2011 when I didn't think they were going to beat the Giants, and they beat the Giants. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any of those. I don't, I, I'm not one of them leave the room guys. I, I, you know. Now, again, I didn't see – I mean, keep in mind, I'm going to miss – you know, I covered the Eagles for a lot of years. Uh, and somehow, some way, I, I got to see more Packer games than you would think I – did even though I was covering the Eagles for whatever reason. I mean, the Eagles both teams were pretty good, so the Eagles played some night games, the Packers played some night games. A lot of them played four, you know. So I, I got to see way more games than, than you would imagine, but I did miss a lot because if, you know if they're playing the same time, same same day. Obviously, I was at the Eagle game, but uh, but but I have a good list. I have a good list. So so what's your? All right, let's I'll, you can go first this time. What what is your favorite play? Well, I had I have a list again. So I, I have a list of favorite plays, uh, one of which is, is probably going to raise some eyebrows because it's, it's kind of an interesting um, twist on favorite play. It's connected to the Packers, but it might not have been the Packers. Uh, so, yeah, it was the Nate Poole touchdown to beat the Vikings yep. in 2003. I remember that. Uh, I listed that one because I'm watching the, the, the game against the Broncos wasn't very exciting because they beat the heck out of the Broncos. Right. Broncos didn't, didn't care. But, yeah, they didn't care, which is great. I'm glad they didn't. 
But but uh, the the Vikings having to lose to the Cardinals and me being such a you know Cardinals uh, what's the opposite of sympathizer? <laughs> um, you know I just had no faith that they were gonna they were gonna get it done. And then Josh McCown. Were you, were you living in Arizona at the time? No, I was in Orange County, California. Oh, okay. And, and so, uh, but that, but the Green Green Bay ended up on TV a lot out there that year. I was lucky, and it just ended up that they were on TV that week. Um, but I, I didn't think the Cardinals were going to beat the beat the Vikings. And nobody, then, then yeah, Josh nobody. McCown. That's how Josh McCown was born that day. Uh, really? You know, his career was born that day. So. Uh, and he's still, you know, still playing the league. But um, so I had that one listed as an outlier, just to kind of, you know, ha ha, funny, funny. The other ones that I had in consideration were Al Harris pick six against the Seahawks okay. in 2003. We're gonna, we want the ball and we're gonna score. No, you're not. Al Harris to the end zone. Um, I have he did what, which everybody should know based on those three words. That was Al Michaels on Monday night after Antonio Freeman somehow bounced the ball off yep. of his foot. To beat the Vikings, Monday Night Football in two, the year 2000. Uh, I had now I mentioned being at the Seattle game in 2016 when they beat Seattle. So I had the touchdown to Adams to lead that one off because when you're in the house for something like that and it gets off to that good of a start, it's that's the place just erupts, you know, it goes crazy. And so that was a product of me being in the environment for it. Uh, I just I had it listed. I don't have it as my top as my favorite. I also listed, so we talked about the Atlanta Divisional game, the Tremont pick six at the end of the first half. Yep. That was big. That was big because that defense just had so much sway, and it was it was awesome. And, and Tremont had such a great, such a great career, and that season really launched him. And it, it reminded me that, that for one season, I think 2008, it's surprising to me that they didn't do better. They, were bo- they had both Tremont and Al Harris. It's like two – Two corners that were kind of similar in this, of the same mold, and if you could have synced them up when they were both healthy and at their peak, that could have been the best one-two combo in the league. You know, Tremont, oh, and, yeah. Tremont and Al Harris. But I had so I had the pick six versus Atlanta. Then I, I had Magic to Sharp to beat the Bears as another option in '89, okay. the reversal game. But yeah. I ended up going with the first hail mary to Richard Rodgers to beat the Lions. See, I didn't see that. I didn't see it live. Because you dream about your team winning a game that way, like with the Hail Mary and, you right. you know, they have, they have to win it. And at that time, it was the beginning of December, and and the, the Packers were still trying to fight their way. Like, they, they had had a slump in the middle of the season after they started out 6-0 and or 5-0, and and then they had a slump for a while, and they just they needed to finish strong. And losing to the Lions was not going to help their case in, at all, and they ended up losing the division that year to the to the Vikings. So if they don't, if if Rodgers doesn't catch that, you know, Rodgers to Rodgers doesn't happen. The Packers, I don't know if they make the playoffs in 2015. But right, right. Yeah, but right. the hail mary to Richard Rodgers, like because it was just, you know, I got excited like a little kid again, running around the <laughs> running around the house like I nearly woke up my infant son at that time. I was just you know screaming Richie, Richie, Richie when it happened. So it was because of the magnitude of a hail mary and how improbable it is that they actually get caught. Now little did we know we would see not only two more happen uh, within a short period of time, but there would be another one that very season against the Cardinals in the playoffs. Jeff Janis. Right. And then another one the following year, uh, Randall Cobb against the Giants in the wild card. 
So that that was my favorite play was the Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers. Now, your bank of plays is probably much more robust, so I am very excited to hear what you got. Well, believe it or not, like I said, it, I'm with you. It has to be a play that I actually saw. Right. You know? Uh, and it's funny that the, 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 the Hail Mary, I, I didn't see that. But I, I watched, I heard it say, I was out of town that, that it was a Thursday night game. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, yep. Right? Yep. I, I remember being in New York for something. And so I'm, I'm coming back on, on the train and I'm watching the scores on, on my phone. And so I did. I didn't see the play, but I, I just saw you know it's whatever whatever down whatever down in distance it was yard line, and I'm thinking I'm like half like oh, they're not winning this. I can't believe they're gonna lose to the Lions. But and then it's like Rogers complete the Rogers fifty whatever many yards touchdown. I'm like oh my god. <laughs> so I, I can't count that because I I read it on my phone, but I, I didn't actually see it. So I can't count that. I'm gonna go way back, and I guess I mentioned the ice ball first game I ever saw and you know watched the whole game with my family. So. Obviously, Bart Starr's one-yard quarterback sneak behind Jerry Kramer to beat the Cowboys and yep. win the NFL title is Fair. on my list. Fair. Um, but, I'm, again, I'm too young to make that really my favorite play. Um, but that, but that's on, on my list. Um, again, beating the Cowboys in the playoffs, Rodgers to Cook, um, great throw, great catch. Um, you know, a crazy game where – it looked like the Packers were going to have it in hand. The Cowboys make a great comeback. It's tied. You know, um, Cook makes the catch. Crosby kicks a field goal. Packers win. So that that's that's in my top five. Um, this was you're going to say is you know me being me, but Aaron Rodgers taking it taking a knee to, at the end of the Super Bowl win over over the Steelers. You know, taking the taking a kneel down because. That, they won the Super Bowl. That, yep. they, that was the last play of the game. And yeah. then, you know, he takes the knee, the game's over. So you would pick uh, that, and you would pick that over, let's even say, like, Tremont breaking up the pass to Wallace? Well, only, again, I'm being a little out of the box there. because very, that, you're you know, being very specific, yeah. But, I mean, it's not a great play. It's just it was the meaning of the play. Meaning of it, right. They're taking a kneel down so they, they could win. You know, that's that's a great, it's a great play to me. It's, a, it's one of my favorites because – it means they want to, he can take a knee because they want to, they you know the game's over. Um, I got a Tremont Williams play for you, but it's not one that, that, that you mentioned. Is his interception of Mike Vick in the end zone? Yep, I thought about that one in the first round of the twenty. Again, I was there, um, and it's always good for me when the Packers beat the Eagles because you know I get to write about the Packers beating the Eagles in front of Riley Cooper, who is in front of Riley Cooper, who is not my favorite favorite player of, of all time. Well, I can I mean, tell you as, that. I like Mike Vick a lot. Mike Vick is one of my favorite players um, for a lot of reasons, but um, it was I mean, for him to throw to Cooper with Williams on him was not one of Mike's better decisions, um, but that's where he went. And, well, but Tremont, um, you know, the one thing about that play, think about this. I think Tremont Williams just got underestimated. I don't think anyone realized how athletic he was because he, he's running with Cooper – jumps and turns in midair and catches that ball. He did the same thing the following week against Matt Ryan in the end zone. He had almost an identical type interception against Matt Ryan. He just, he made, he made those plays. Now, the interesting thing about that play, Mark, um, and I won't steal your thunder, but what, what could have been disastrous about the Tremont pick against the Eagles? You remember what happened immediately after he caught the ball? 
He didn't. He <laughs> didn't. He didn't. He didn't make the move to give himself up in an in an official way. And oh. because he got because he caught the ball, and he got up and started. Hey, I'm going to celebrate. But he didn't. Um, he didn't stay down long enough. It's like long you know enough. how they you know how they say that you have to complete the process of catching the football. Right. He didn't stay down long enough to give himself up, and so he gets up, takes a few steps, and then he goes down again to give it to remember, like okay, I had to give myself up here so the play ends before he fumbles before they, because it could be something they, something awful. Yeah. Well, and and the the thing about that too is is two weeks later in Chicago, Sam Shields gets a pick to seal the win against the Bears and send the Packers to the Super Bowl. But as he's returning the ball. It gets knocked out of his hand, and fortunately, one of his teammates falls on it. Mm-hmm. So you got to be that also in that that pick. The reason that's on my list too is, I think again that was a game. It looked like the Packers had it in hand. They they had dominated the you know most of the game. Um, looked like it was going to be a, a comfortable win, and Vic all of a sudden you know start being Vic, and brought the Eagles back, and then they have the they have the ball the last drive, and I'm thinking to myself, oh no, oh no, they're going to go down. And then, you know, thank God he threw to Cooper and Tremont was there and, and, and Tremont makes the picks. So you I, were, I, that's on my list. You were in the press box. Yes. So what was – I know you're all professionals, okay? You, you can choose not to answer mm-hmm. this and exercise your fifth, no, right, fifth amendment right. I'm, I'm, what I'm, was the reaction in the press box when that play happened? Again, it's not – it's like – Okay, game we could we could write now. I mean, again, it's different. I, I, again, I never, I wasn't. A, I mean, like yes, I'll, listen. I, I got to. I'll, I'll come out now, honestly, and tell you, yes, I wanted the Packers to win that game. Sure, but no, just like the fourth and twenty-six game, I can't let it affect me during the game while I'm writing. Now the next that when I get home, I could, I could, you know, do some damage to things around my house after the fourth and twenty-six game, or and I could. <laughs> be very happy and celebrate after the after the you know the 2010 game but um no i mean i i i've been that way my whole i mean i didn't i didn't throw anything i wasn't upset i mean i was upset but i, I didn't show it when the, when the eagles beat the packers and i didn't celebrate or jump up and down when the, when the packers beat the eagles um and for the most part i mean i'm sure there were some eagle writers that you know the other way around wanted to celebrate and wanted to be upset because they were eagle fans um, but for the most part, it was you know, it was business as usual. Right. The, the worst thing about a writer, what I got, and I always say this: I always root it for myself. I don't root for either team. I root for myself, and that you don't want, like you hate, made, like, especially like a night game or, or or a late game. You don't want to come back because you got your stories in your mind. Or oh, you, you got to rewrite the whole thing. Of your, yeah. Of, of your story, you don't want to have to change your whole story. You know what I'm saying? So you don't. We don't like. Big big time comebacks. We like a team to get out to the lead and hold on and win, and then you, and you write your story. Um, yeah, you don't like to see a team. I mean, it's fun as a fan to watch a big comeback, but not as a writer. I mean, I and even now when I watch games, I haven't covered. You know, I haven't been on a beat now in about four years. But um, when I'm watching the game, sometimes I flash back and, and I and I think about the guys covering the game saying, "Oh, this isn't going to be good <laughs> if, if, if this team beats it. Oh, that's not going to be good for those guys. They're they're, they're all yelling and they're all." tearing her hair out right about now as the uh, as this comeback goes goes on. Um, all right, back to my list. So I got what I, what I said. Tremont, Cook, the kneel down, um, stars, run. Um, this one's on my list, but I don't remember enough about it, so I, I couldn't make it my favorite. 
But do you remember the win over Dallas when Rodgers was hurt? Uh, Matt Flynn was the quarterback. Yep. Eddie Lacy had like a the, and they were touchdown. down. They were down like twenty-one to three or eighteen. Yes. They, were, they were down by a lot, twenty-four-three, and they they went into halftime, and then all of a sudden, like Eddie Lacy just took the damn thing yes. over. Lacy's touchdown run. That that's on my list. I, I don't remember enough about it, so I, I can't make it my my favorite. But my favorite is the one that that you mentioned, um, which is good. So we're on the same page. And Antonio Freeman. I mean, oh, that was yeah. just the most mainly because it's, it's it, it was it was incredible. I mean. You thought it was, in, you know, you're watching, I'm watching the game, and, you know, Florida throws it up there, and you're thinking, well, here we go. Uh, incomplete. Uh, it's crazy. And you're like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Just like how Michael said, right? He did what? But, I mean, yeah, because you're watching, you're thinking, oh, my God, he caught it. <laughs> it's going to be a touchdown. Right. I mean, it was just, I, I, there's very few plays that I can say were, were like, I mean, I've seen some great plays, but they were, Cook's catch was a great catch, but I knew he caught it. You know, uh, you know, a lot there's been a lot of great plays, but you didn't realize. I mean, you or, or you did realize it was a great play. Freeman's, I thought, was an incomplete pass. I thought, the, you know, there's no way he he came up with that, and all of a sudden he's in the end zone. You're like, and the, and, it, and it's beating the Vikings. I mean, I hate the Vikings more than anybody. I, I mean, I I don't like the Bears, but I hate the Vikings. So yeah. Anytime the Packers beat the Vikings, I'm I'm. Um, that's got to be on my list of favorite things anyway. So In any way. That's my number one favorite play. Well, and, the, and so there's a parallel here. Your favorite play involves a win over the Vikings. My favorite game, one of, one of my runner-up favorite game was beating the Vikings. Yeah. So it's just that we're in lockstep there. We're in lockstep there for sure. So those are all good. Those are all great, great options there. And I, I was kind of hoping, because you're usually pretty good about remembering the, the important ones, and I'm like, Mark's probably going to bring up a couple that I'm going to say, oops, yeah, I forgot about that one. No. But, uh, I mean, but you I know. Mean, I mean, you, you hit some good ones there. Yeah. Well, and, and again, like you said at the beginning, it's hard. There is no right or wrong answer because these are all, some of these have personal meaning to us. Sure. So and again, so, there are some, I'm sure, guys even older than me will bring up during the, the Lombardi years. I mean, I remember, I you know, stars I remember, and I did see it live, and I'm, I've seen it 8,000 times since, you know. Um, I read books about it, but I mean, I'm sure there were a hundred hundreds of plays involving Paul Horning and Jim Taylor and Willie Wood and Herb Adderley and Ray Nitschke and I can go on and on that, you know, but I didn't see them or I don't remember enough about them to, to put them on, on my list. I was too little then, you know, right. Which is fair. And that's, and so moving into favorite players, that's another thing too, is, is that I didn't really start getting into football. 1989 was the first year that I really focused and, like, followed the team all season. You know, because it was just kind of the running joke, like, oh, the Packers played yesterday, so what else did you do? Uh, you know, prior, prior to that, it was just kind of like, you know. I, well, I, I, a good, that, that, that's a pretty good story. 89 was good. 89 was good. Well, I, 89 that, wasn't a bad, you know. And then cause 90, by 91, they're, they're good. Well, I got – it was a baseball kid, so – I followed the and when I say followed the Brewers, I watched or listened to every single of the 162 games in 1989. That was actually a fun Brewers season too. For those of you who are Brewers fans who want to go back down memory lane, that was a fun season to follow too. But I, it ended badly obviously because the Brewers didn't make the playoffs, and that was back when you had to win the East, and there was only the East and the West. There was no Central, and there was no Wild Card. And they they'd lose every season. They'd be in it up until the last week, and then they'd fall out and lose. And then I'd be like, okay, I have no baseball. 
now until what's next, basketball and then or football. So I picked up football, started following it, and that team happened to be fun. So I so I stretched from '89 all the way till till now. So I I really had to think long and hard about it, but I was able to pay homage to the kind of beginning, the middle, and the end, and 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 recent with some of my options that I had. But I want you to go first because because you, you got well okay. yeah I want you you with players first because. You've got some really good examples and some some relevance to some names that we've been hearing for many many years and some legends. All right, well, I'm going to start with my favorite. I'm not, I'm not going to do it the, the opposite. I'm, I'm going to give you my all time favorite Packer. He always will be. I don't. I mean, for someone to pass this guy, it's going to take a lot. And that's, and that's Bart Starr. Um, again, the first game I watched, he scores the touchdown. So I thought it was. I I mean, again, I'm a little kid. I th- I thought his name was cool. Oh, Bart Starr. That's, that's a cool name. And I thought, and I remember as a little kid also saying like, "Oh, so the guy named Star beat the team that wears the star." I, I thought that was pretty cool too. Uh, again, I'm seven, six, seven years old, so I don't, you know, what do I know about anything? But um, and then the more I read about him, and the more I learned about him, and then I finally met him when I was covering sports. He actually came into Jersey to to, to, to give a speech for some whatever he was doing, and just like this, the greatest guy, but one of the one of the greatest people I've ever met. On, on top of who well, I think I still think he's the greatest quarterback in Packer history. I know people talk about Favre and Rodgers. I'll I'll take Star. Um, and I know I know that's going to get people upset, but that's okay. Um, yeah, he's my favorite Packer, and I, I have his autographed jersey hanging. I've had it for forever, for since nineteen ninety. Um, that he personally autographed for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's, it's Bart Star, and everybody else is fighting for number two on my list of favorite players. But I have some other ones. Um, some guys that I know personally, uh, Reggie White, um, who I also got to know very well, um, another great person on top of being the greatest player I've ever covered, uh, but also a great guy off the field. I mean, the, the things he's done, everybody knows about, you know, the man of the Lord, just, you know, the funny guy. I mean, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie will tell you some, he was funny. He, he, he did impersonations. He was great at it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little story about Reggie that, and he he, he found this kind of funny. I, I used to joke with him back when 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 he was playing for the Eagles. Practice was still open. Then. Um, nowadays, they, they practice is open is open for like ten minutes. You you, you right. get to watch him stretch, and then they make you go inside. Right. Back in those days, you know, we watched the entire practice, or as much as as we 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 wanted to. I mean, if you were busy writing, maybe you you would miss some, but we were allowed to watch from start to finish. Reggie was a terrible practice player. Which people, most people don't don't know this or realize. I mean, he kind of went through the motions in practice, and um, until Buddy Ryan would say, "Reg," he'd yell, "Reg, come on, I need you," and then, and then Reggie would go and like you know throw three linemen out of the way and get and get to the quarterback, and you, you didn't hit the quarterback, but you would just like kind of tap him. Right. So Reggie, you know, he he could do whatever he wanted, whatever he he, he wanted, but. For the most part, he, he kind of went through the motions. He really didn't. If you didn't know better, you were just watching practice. You'd say, "Who's not ninety-two? He's not. What's he a backup? He's not very good, right?" Because you know he didn't put it out. He just really he saved himself, right? Um, and so I used to joke with him that I said to him one time, "I said, Reggie, you know, you, you always talk about being a man of God." I said, "You're you're the opposite of God." He looked at me, "What do you what?" And, and we got along good, or I wouldn't have been able to, you know, talk to him like right. like this. But he said, um. What do you, how do you mean that? What do you mean by that? I said, well, God created the world in six days, rested on Sunday. 
I said, you rest for six days and do all your work on Sunday. Right, yeah, right. He, he, he kind of liked that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but he was, so he's on my list. Um, a guy that you had mentioned earlier uh, is on my list. That's Al, Al Harris, who I also got to know from, from, from covering the Eagles. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of players that played for both the Packers and the Eagles, as it turns out. But um, Al's a guy that I just admire because, you know, he was a – Oh, he, you know, went to a small school, very un- unheralded. Uh, Tampa Bay actually cut him his, his, his rookie year. Uh, the Eagles claimed him off off waivers. Um, he was, I mean, he was, you know, it was no big deal when they claimed. Him. We thought, who's this guy? They're bringing him in. They'll probably cut him, put him on the practice squad or something. But he no, but he made the team. Um, he was behind Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor, two Pro Bowl corners. His most of his time there, or his whole time there. Um, but just worked hard, worked hard, worked hard. Um, one of the hard, just the opposite. He was one of the hardest workers on the team. And like in, in practice, I mean, he would go. Um, he just, you know, he just he made himself into a very, very good corner. Incredible. Um, so I always ad- ad- admired that. Uh, again, just a guy that I, g- I happened to get along with very, very well. Um, so he's on my list, obviously. And then another guy that I really like a lot is Dorsey Levins. Um, just like the way he played, uh, like the way he ran, um, you know, he was on those, you know, those Favre, you know, white Packers. But I mean, he, I, again, he, he, he never became the great, great back, but he had some, he had a couple really, really good years for the, for the Packers. Um, so yeah, he's, he, that, that, they're on, that, that's some of the guys that are on, on my list. But Star, Star will always be one. Um, but yeah, Reggie, Reggie and Al, because I actually know them personally um and then i really like dorsey levens you know interestingly enough and i'm sure that it's probably more coincidental than anything that i think most of those guys spent some time at least some time with the eagles too and, and there was a lot of packers eagles you know in the eight yeah. in, in, well, in started, the started well other, started but the other three the, did, other three the other three did but you're not going to get any argument from me i mean i 96 was will always be special to me and if, if you allowed me to include the super bowls in there it's going to be super bowl 31 because it was the first super bowl that i got to see and enjoy my team win and it was the first uh, championship of any kind for me. I hadn't had a baseball or basketball or hockey or lacrosse or, you know, badminton team win any any championships before that. So, uh, in fact, if you if we had allowed Super Bowls, I might have also said my favorite play was 29 Razor, Farved Horizon, okay. yeah. because, because that was, you know, kind of our symbol or our sign that, like, hey, we can do this. And it's ironic that the Packers beat the Patriots because little did we know in the future that those two teams would kind of become two of the top. And everybody was always, everyone's been pining for a rematch between those two teams. Now the dream is over because Brady's gone. And it's not the same. I mean, the Patriots might make it to the Super Bowl. And hell, I mean, if the Packers end up playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, great. I'll take the matchup because the Packers got there, but it's not going to have the same luster. As, well, it, as it in would've. five years it will when Jordan Love versus Garrett Stin, uh, whatever his name is, Garrett Stin from whatever his name is. Or, <laughs> or uh, if Trevor Lawrence ends up uh, you know, being really good. I don't know and, if they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. But. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I don't want to pick any players that had that didn't start and end their career at the Packers on this list, but I ended up breaking my own okay. rule. 
So I, 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 I had, you had to. I had there aren't to. many. It's hard to find guys that, anymore that started and ended. Well, two of the three top ones did, and then, the, okay. but ironically, my top choice didn't. So my number one, I'll, I'll do the same thing you did. So my my number one choice is Charles Woodson, and okay. part of it is because nothing wrong with that. I have a lot of I have a lot of empathy for towards defensive backs because for my one very lust uh, you know uh, lack, I shouldn't say lackluster year of football I played in high school I was a safety uh, by title I didn't play. <laughs> But, uh, and that's, you know, I, I always laugh and, and I tongue-in-cheek say, I mean, because I wasn't good back then, but I tongue-in-cheek say part of the reason why was because I played behind um, long-time Bears safety Mike Brown, oh, and wow. who, who went to the same okay. high school that I did here in Scottsdale. Um, and so I'm like, well, you know, when you play behind Mike Brown, you, you just, you know, keep his seat warm on the bench. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't get in the game very much. And, in fact, he played both sides. He was running back and a safety, and he was just as dangerous with the ball in his hand as he was as a defender. Let me just tell you that right now. I, I The only concussion I think I've ever confirmed received in my life that I know for sure came from Mike Brown, a hit I took from Mike Brown. And he, and he was the ball carrier. I was the, I was the defensive guy. So that matchup, right. end, that matchup didn't end too well. So Charles Woodson. So what's, so, I mean, for me, it's Woodson. Yeah, I mean, because how many interceptions? I mean, how many interceptions did the guy? Have? How many of them went back to the house? He was so clutch. He was so reassuring back there. You just felt so much better knowing, like, hey, listen, they could have three knees back there in Charles Woodson, and they'll still be okay. You know, yeah, like I mean, you know, he was. I mean, that's Ted Thompson didn't you know play free agency much, but thank God he did there. Hit a home run there. Hit a home run there. And, and, and who's home and run it, and grand slam? Well, it's a cool, it's a cool story. But you know, he don't want to come see us. We'll go see him about Barack Obama with, with uh, when the Packers yep. were, were getting ready to go to the Super Bowl, and and Woodson gets hurt and only plays half the Super Bowl. And they actually had to end up. They had to, you know, the kneel down to end forty five is a big deal because a lot of people don't remember they had no shields and they had no Woodson. No. They had it was Pat Lee. And Jarrett Bush and Tremont Williams and, you know, thank God they got Nick Collins. But who was the other safety back there? Do you remember who the safety other safety was in Super Bowl 45? Wait, let me think. I will get this. It wasn't Charlie Pepper, right? It was. Okay, Charlie Pepper. So, I mean, okay. the, you know, I mean, come on, man. Charles Woodson – you know the ghost of Woodson. You know all, all these all these guys, and I like to think that you know a lot of those younger guys probably elevated their games because they had a Charles Woodson there. And look at Tremont Williams still to this day; he's passing on his knowledge yep. of how to study. He learned that from Charles. No, absolutely no. You no, got no argument with Charles Woodson. So Charles Woodson's <laughs> my number one. Reggie White, kind of a one A, okay. because. Come on. I mean, Reggie White transformed this. Everyone talked about Favre and Wolf and Holmgren and all that kind of stuff. Reggie White made Green Bay an okay place to be again. Because prior to Reggie coming to Green Bay, Mark, you remember this, other teams used to threaten their players. If they didn't shape up, we're going to send you to Green Bay. Exactly. Well, you do know my story. I, Maybe not. I don't think I – I did that. I was doing the podcast with um, – Jake, when 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 I told this story on the air and I wrote it, do you know my how Reggie how I got I was involved in Reggie becoming a Packer? Oh, I can't wait! Yeah, give it to us. You never heard this story, right? No. I mean, some of our listeners have because I said it before. That's why I didn't want to bring it up. I don't want to 
but maybe we have new listeners. So this is a God's honest, this honest to God, true story. None of this is, this is, is all right. Reggie's an Eagle, he's, but he's a free agent. We all know he's not coming back to Philly. The Eagles have made it clear. They don't really want him back. They didn't make him an offer. Reggie wants out of here because he hates the owner. The whole thing. So we, so we know he's leaving. Auto writers are trying to get a hold of him. His agent at the time is Jimmy Sexton, who's a very good guy, very good agent. Jimmy calls us, calls all the beat writers and says, listen, I know all you guys are trying to call me, want to talk to Reggie. I'm going to put him on a conference call with you Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Here's the number. Call this number Tuesday 1 o'clock. Ask him whatever you want. We're going to get it out of the way now, and then, you know, don't bother us again until, until we sign. Great. Thanks, Jimmy. Okay. I called a number Tuesday, you know, a couple minutes before one. I call, and the thing comes on and says, the, co- the conference line is full. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on here? I called Jimmy's office. I talked to the secretary. I'm like, listen, I'm supposed to be on this call. They're telling me that, that it's full. Hold on one second. Jimmy comes on the line. Mark, I'm so sorry. I can't, you know, I only gave the number to so many people. I guess other people must have given it to other people. I don't know, but listen, I know you've always been good to Reggie. I know Reggie and you get along very well. <clears throat> Let him do the conference call. I'll have him call you. After he's done, I'll have him call call you personally. That's great. Okay, I'll, I'll take a one-on-one over a conference call anytime, right? That's okay. Fine. About 20 minutes, half hour go, goes by. Phone rings. Hello? Mark is Reggie. Hey, Reg, what's up? You know, thanks for taking the time. No, 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 no problem. So I'm asking him a lot of, you know, typical questions, whatever. And then at the time, most of us, or at least I did, I can't say most, but a lot of people thought he was going to sign with the Redskins. It wasn't far from Philly. You know, he, Joe Gibbs was a big, you know, big Christian. Um, Reggie always admired Joe, Joe Gibbs. Um, he could stay in the NFC East and play the Eagles twice a year. Um, there's a lot of reasons pointing to him going to, to the Redskins. So I asked him pointedly. I said, listen, Reggie, I think, I, I think you're going to sign with the Redskins. Tell me, what does another team have to do? You know, why, why wouldn't you sign, sign with the Redskins? And he says, Mark, listen, I'm not going to say that the Redskins aren't high on my list, but I'm going to give any, any team that wants, that wants to sign me, I'm going to talk to. I'm going to go visit. I'm, going to, I'm not making no hasty de- decision here. I'm going to talk to every team that wants me. So, Reggie, every team wants you. You're going to get 31 phone calls. No, no, believe it or not, you know, some teams don't even, you know, they're not, I guess they don't want to pay or whatever. He says, I said, well, you, you had to have heard from a, from a lot. Well, I've heard from, a, you know, whatever many. He said, but there's only one team that I haven't heard from that I would like to hear from. I said, who's that? He says, Green Bay. Now, again, the fan in me wants to, like, scream. Mm-hmm. But I, I just say, oh, really, Green Bay, huh? What? Why Green Bay? He says, I really like their coach, and I think this young quarterback is going to be really good. Now, if you remember, Favre had beaten the, the, the Eagles the year before in a game in Milwaukee where he separated his left shoulder in the game and still played with one arm and beat him. So that kind of impressed Reggie a little bit, mm-hmm. obviously. So anyway, I write my story about Reggie going here, and I, I write my story. Now, I'm good friends with Bob McGinn. We were good friends. At, we're still good friends, but uh, he's covering the Packers. And after I write my story, I, I call Bob and I say, "Hey, I don't know if you're writing anything off season or what you're doing." Those, I said, "But here's a little something you you might want to know." And I tell him what Reggie said. He goes, "Oh my God, yeah, I, that's definitely. I'll write something about about that." So I, I give him the exact quote and everything about the only team that hasn't called him is Green Bay, and 
he likes to coach, and he thinks the quarterback's good, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Bob writes a little story. Ron Wolf sees Bob's story. Calls him. Wolf calls, calls him again and says, where'd you get this stuff about Reggie White wanting to come here? He tells him, a friend of mine covers Eagles, talked to Reggie, Reggie told him this, Bob. Says, Wolf says to him again, is this... Is this real, you think? <laughs> he says, I'm pretty sure it's real. The guy, Reggie, knows the guy, you know, my friend pretty well. This is what he told him. Wolf calls Reggie. $17 million later, he's a Packer. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> so, Mike Holmgren called him and said, Reggie's well, God. God, yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, they weren't involved. I mean, so I I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I didn't tell that story publicly for a long time because I didn't feel it was, you know, but I've said, I've since written about it, talked about it. And I, I told Reggie came back to Philly for something. I forget why after he retired, I forget what it was. He came back, maybe just the day honor. I don't know what it was, but he was, he was there during the week and he, he came by practice one day or came by the, the, you know, the media workroom and I saw him and, and we got talking again. And I, I said, did, did you ever, Told that you know, I I told him what what had happened. I said, remember you you, you were on a conference, you know, the whole thing, and then when you talked to me, you kind of remembered a little bit about that. And I said, and you're the one you told me that you wanted to go to Green Bay, but they hadn't called you. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I'm, I called my friend, and he and he and Baba, and then I tell him what I what I just told told you, and he looked at me, and goes, you you did all that? I said, well, yeah. And he and he went, thank you. He said that was the best because that was the best move I ever made going to Green Bay. <laughs> So, so when he when you found out that, that like he signed, did you kind of almost pass out, knowing your connection to the whole like <laughs> kind of knowing your connection? To the, yeah, I, like. I tell you where I was when I found out. I was in a dentist office. <laughs> for, for, again, I guess some crazy stories. I was in a dentist office, and I was got I, it was something. It wasn't like just a cleaning. It was I was getting a lot of I don't know. I I, I was going through some. I had some dental problems at that that. Time, whatever I forget, but my root canal or something, something serious. But my dentist was like a, a guy I, I knew pretty well, and he knew I covered football and stuff. So I'm in there, and he's working on on my tooth and blah blah blah. And I guess I don't know if he heard it on the radio, news, whatever. But when he's done, he says to me, "Hey, you're gonna like like this." I said, "What? What? You're not charging me?" He says, "No, no, I'm charging." He says, "But Reggie White just signed with the Green Bay Packers." I wow. said, "What?" He's like, yeah, just I just it just I came on to yeah, whatever, whatever you know, whatever he, wherever he had heard it. I said, and I said, oh my god. He went, I know you're a Packer fan, right? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, but I'm I'm I got I'm involved in this in a, in a weird way. <laughs> and I immediately called Bob, and and we we both said, do you believe this? Like we like because you know writers, we sometimes we think we're more important than we are. Like we that we can make things, but we really did make that happen. That's incredible. <laughs> I I've never heard that version of it obviously before. So that is pulling back the curtain in a huge I mean, way. I mean, you know, it's weird. Like if, if and again, if I wasn't on the, if I was on a conference call, maybe I don't even ask that question. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't give that answer. I don't know. I mean, it's just the whole thing was weird. Like, oh my you know? god! Because when when you're talking to a guy one on one, you ask him different things than you would, but. It, Ten other guys on the line with you, you know, and um, and he probably he probably answered things differently too, being known just talking to me one on one. And but yeah, he I never forget him saying, "There's only one team that 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 I wouldn't mind you know talking to that, but they haven't called the Green Bay Packers." I'm like to myself, I'm saying, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." <laughs> yeah, 
That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, so the rest of my dumb, I mean, you know, so my. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, no, I was, that, listen, that all day, that all day, that could have been a show of its own. So I was going to say, it was, I did that with Jake. Well, Woodson, well, so Woodson was my choice, but the other, the other options that I had, Farr was um, ineligible because of the whole Minnesota tryst, so he wasn't eligible for it. I mean, gave me a lot of great memories. He's not one of my favorites. Well, gave me a lot of great memories as a, uh, as a, you know, Oh, great player. Kid growing up and all that, but the Minnesota thing disqualified him. And, and actually, I think I want to save um, this topic for another show because I know we have a couple more shows before training camp starts. Um, maybe start compiling some of your interactions that you had with Favre, and, and maybe we can do, like, okay. story time with that. Okay. I, I, there aren't as many as you would think. Right. Well, because you, okay. you didn't cover the Packers, but, you know, I'm, no. I'm assuming once or twice you might have crossed paths yeah. with him. Yeah. Because I was going to say, uh, Leroy Butler was my, my second choice. Oh, I and, know what, he should be on my list. And I, and I, I, for some reason, I just didn't. I'm well, the reason him. why is because Butler transitioned from the crappy Packers teams, and he was still with them and actually transcended the safety position, was a key player on a really good team. So it's like I loved yeah. Butler when I was a kid, even when the Packers weren't very good. I knew he was really good, and then he ends up oh. being like one of the best safeties ever to play the position. And he, and he invented the Lambo Leap. And he invented the Lambo Leap. Although, you know, I keep hearing that there's controversy about well, that. You, but, but well, he uh, won't do it this year. They won't be able to do the Lambo Leap this year. Yeah. Well, they can still leap, but they're going to leap into a tarp. Yeah, leap into a tarp, which is another topic of its own. But two um, B. I mean, Leroy, Leroy Butler is two A. Two B has got to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, okay. how can he not be on the list? I mean, he's, he's, the joy that he gave us from 20, 2009 to 2016. It's it's hard not to at least mention his name, but Charles Woodson Charles Woodson for me. But uh, that Reggie story kind of takes the cake between <laughs> between that and the cool story you told about how Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones is uh, you know the beginning of their parting happened. It's you yeah. you've, you've witnessed some really cool moments in NFL history. Oh no, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, thirty two years is a long time. And you're going to stumble onto some things. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we went a little bit longer today, but it was worth it. That was awesome. Well, I'm actually writing, you know, I'll, I'll throw this out there. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book with another guy uh, named Ken, Ken Dunnick, who actually played, played in the league back in the, be, before I covered it. But we're, we're doing a compilation of stories like that. Just different, like our meeting different people. Like, I, I can go on with you later on about this, but like, you know, um, he met John, John Tri, Tri, Travolta in a weird way. I met Bruce Willis in a crazy way. Um, different, not none of mine involved athletes because well, I shouldn't say none. Gail, Gail, Gail Sayers, a bear of all things, I met in a weird way. But and, and, like none of my stories are about like interviewing a guy for work because that's work. I'm supposed to do that. That's that's my job. But like uh, just Walter Cronkite, I, I met one night. Um, so it's like it's just a bunch of different stories, like you know, like the Reggie White story, in a way that just like strange and crazy situations I got myself into over forty some years of doing things, right? Which I hope people enjoy. I mean, they're they're interesting, fun, lighthearted kind of stories. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I'm sure you've got a lot of those. You know, we're fortunate. And he does too. Well, and I'm, I'm hopefully for- it'll be a good book. Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate because obviously. 
you know, I've got you on the on the team here, and it's it's always story power hour when we get together. <laughs> we and we definitely went the full hour, but again, that was yeah. that was great. That was obviously not anything anybody's ever heard before. So, um, I assume you're continuing on with your your number series this week at Packer yep. Report. Anything else? Yep, I have a story coming out Monday about um, some people talking about Kadar Holman and how impressed they are with him. And he might be a little secret secret surprise for the Packer fans this secret, coming season. Secret sauce. The Packers could use some of the secondary, and if he steps up and does really well, that's going to help them if they can't afford to, to keep Kevin King, I think. Correct. So, yep. awesome awesome stuff, man. Well, we definitely made up for Paul not being with us all the, while he's Wisconsining, and <laughs> we'll be back at it again next week in some way, shape, or form. I'm actually excited about some of our potential topics that – we could we could go through so this sure. has been this has been a good one so I'll I'll Mark I'll let you get back to life I'll let you get back to the beach yep. everybody thanks for sticking with us and listening and as always go pack go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.